Um, well, good day, everyone. Um, for those who don't know me, my name's Brody, um, and it's great that I can, uh, for the privilege it is to talk here today, so thanks. Um, we're going to be focusing on verses 3 through to 12 of 1 Peter there. It was a while ago I preached on uh, the first two verses, so um, a long stretch between stints, but um, we're going to, yeah, focus on that next part of the chapter 1 there. Um, so let me, I'm just going to pray before we start. Wonderful God, thank you so much for the privilege of coming under your word. And we pray that today as we humble ourselves and, and uh, come under your word today, that you would speak to us through it. Um, that these words would bring life um, and we would see that wonderful living hope that you talk about here uh, in this section. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I don't know if you've heard of an illness called encephalitis. I hope I've said that right. Um, a few days ago, I listened to a podcast, and um, it was basically a story of a news reporter who suffered from this illness. Um, encephalitis is basically an illness that causes memory loss. So one day she woke up, and amongst other symptoms, she realised that she couldn't remember anyone's name. Uh, she could tell you what sport they played, um, and even the most famous of people, uh, she couldn't uh, yeah, remember their names. It was like someone had taken that part of her brain away. Now, we've also seen residents in New South Wales and Queensland, like stories of people wading out of their houses, and they look behind and they've seen uh, all their possessions in ruins. Uh, where a flood has suddenly taken away uh, all their possessions. We've also seen uh, over three million refugees um, flee Ukraine in the, over the last few weeks. They have left their now destroyed homes. Um, some have left fathers and some have uh, left their husbands their livelihood has suddenly been um, upturned and taken away. It's likely that these, uh, nothing like this will happen in our lifetime. Uh, we, we hope, we pray. But I think we do know what it's like to have certain things in our lives taken from us. Perhaps it's our, our health. Uh, perhaps we've had our jobs taken away from us. Maybe we've had something stolen. There's uh, a fair chance we know what it's like to lose a loved one. See, circumstances in life can really leave us feeling empty. Uh, it can feel like that nothing is certain. You know, everything will come and everything goes. But I want to pick up Peter today, uh, this book, uh, this letter, and um, hear what Peter says, because these words that we read in Peter um, describe for us a living hope. You see, there is something that is here that we have, that we have been given, that can never be taken away from us. Uh, look there in verse 4 with me. Peter goes on and he says, There is an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. See, if you want to get straight to the heart of what this passage is saying, I think it is there to comfort us as Christians, because no matter what life circumstance we find ourselves in, 
These words are certain. Uh, these words cannot be taken from you. Yes, it was a while ago, like I said, that I preached on the first uh, two verses of this um, passage, and it's helpful there to notice who that Peter, so who Peter is addressing the letter to. Uh, we see it there in verse one. He says it's written to God's elect and exiles scattered throughout the various regions of the Roman Empire. See, Peter is here there acknowledging um, the Christians in Rome. Uh, the church, and they are living like exiles, living in a society uh, that has no regard for anyone who follows the risen Lord Jesus and in so doing reject the pagan gods that Rome still held on to. See, Peter here is talking to Christians and we learn in history that these Christians may have even had to die for their faith. This early church uh, were living as a minority in the society. And as Christians here in Launceston, Hadspen, Tasmania, uh, we realise that we're also living as a minority. Yes, we may not be persecuted like they were here in Rome, but uh, we, there is a point that we can relate to them here. And the first thing that Peter does here, he wants to encourage them. He says, you have an inheritance that can never be taken away. And that's one of the things I want to talk about today. We have an inheritance, uh, our suffering as Christians, and our privilege. So these are the three topics that uh, we're going to talk through. Firstly, our inheritance. Um, how do we get it? What is it like? Verses, it's there in verses 3 to 5. You might like to scan over it. Um, where Peter says, We're given, uh, He's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, if you read about Peter in the Gospels, um, you'll see that he's not always the most heroic of characters. Um, I think Peter had a different idea of uh, who Jesus was and who he thought he should have been. Uh, we see that when Peter denies Jesus three times, for instance. Uh, when Jesus uh, confesses that he has to, he has to die, his, uh, Jesus' determination to die, uh, when Peter confronts Jesus about that, he says, to get behind me, Satan. So when Jesus did die, you'd have to think that it would have brought a bit of sadness to Peter, a bit of confusion perhaps. You know, Peter thought that Jesus had come to rescue them, but now he, here he is buried in a tomb. But that's not where the story ends. We know that, don't we? The women walked into an empty tomb. The angels spoke. Peter ran to see the evidence for himself. And then before Jesus meets with the disciples in the upper room, he first appears to Peter. And here we find Peter realising that Jesus was not dead. Here in front of Peter is a living, breathing Jesus. Here we find Jesus is a living hope. Death did not hold Jesus. This is, Peter says, giving, uh, he gives us a new birth. He is born again to a living Jesus. Verse 3. 
I don't know if you've seen that ad where um, there's a man in a bar and he's holding a beer and he realises on the label it says 0.0% alcohol. And he looks up at the camera and says something dramatic like this, this changes everything. Uh, well, Peter here is uh, looking up at the living Jesus, isn't he? Um, who's just died on a cross. And I reckon he was witnessing the moment that changed everything. See, what Peter is witnessing here is unlocking the door to his inheritance, to our inheritance. How do we receive such an inheritance? Well, verse 3 says there, Peter, uh, Peter says, In God's great mercy, he's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus. But what is our inheritance like? How, how can we think about it? We spent a night during the week preserving tomatoes um, from our crop that we're very grateful for uh, into uh, barbecue sauce. Because when you pick tomatoes, um, they, it's not long before they start going bad um, and you have to throw them back out into the compost or something. And everything in this life has an expiry date except that which God has chosen to renew and preserve through Jesus. We are being preserved for a place that, that he says here, will never perish or fade or spoil. Isn't that good? The goal of our faith, Peter says, verse 9, is the salvation of our souls. Our very being is going to be preserved into a place that will never perish, spoil or fade. And even Jesus echoes these sentiments um, when, he, when he talks about storing up treasures in heaven where moths and vermin um, cannot destroy. But he also says something else that's remarkable, and I wonder if the kids can help me out. Um, how are you guys going with your sheets? You're good, ticking some words, and you've got a picture of gold there. But I want to talk about your bikes. Do you guys ride bikes? Yeah. Good. Um, do you guys like to ride your bikes? Can anyone ride their bike without a training wheels yet? No. No? Yes? Close? Good. Some send, some can't. Well, I, lo I used to love riding my bike when I was a kid. Um, and I wonder if, have you ever looked at a bigger bike? You know that it's a bit too big for you. You know that if you get on it, you wouldn't quite be able to reach the pedals. But you really want to try it. Well, uh, we've got this bike in our shed that I that it's just a little bit too big for Wally. But we keep it in the shed. Uh, we keep it out of the rain and we brush the cobwebs off when we need to. And I wonder if you can tell me, why would we keep a bike that, we, that you can't ride yet? Wally, yeah? That's right. So we, that's right, we keep it in the shed. So when Wally and Franklin get bigger, they can then ride it. So we keep it in the shed for them. Would well, you know, guys, that God says he's keeping a place, an inheritance for you? He even said that he's gone to prepare it for you. Because we are part of God's family, he has given us, um, through Jesus, an inheritance and this is something that he's passing down for us that can never be taken away. He's keeping it for you. You can remember that, um, guys. 
Well, our second point is that, yes, while we've got this glorious hope, this inheritance that is kept and cannot be taken from us, um, we shouldn't be surprised at the suffering along the way. That's our second point. And that we see that in verses 6 to 7. You see, there are times in our life where, where suffering can really hurt, can't it? We have all kinds of grief and trials in our life. And for the Christians in Peter's day, uh, we've, we've noted that it meant some real persecution for their faith. Some were even burnt on pillars. But of course, the church continued to grow throughout Rome and beyond. And why is it that despite suffering, the church uh, continues to grow? Now, Peter writes in this letter here that, that suffering tests our faith. It purifies us, it strengthens us. And Peter uses gold here as an illustration to explain himself. See, gold here is this very earthly, worldly treasure, isn't it? And to purify gold, you've got to heat it up into uh, this crazy temperature, like a thousand plus degrees, so it can melt down and you stir the gold and all the bad stuff, the impurities, come to the top and you can skim them away. So you've got a pure gold. It is refined. Um, Peter uses gold as a description for our faith. You know, like gold, our, our faith is refined and purified. So we go through um, trials in our life. We suffer. We have grief of all kinds. So that, verse 7, our faith will be proven genuine. Our suffering strengthens our faith. He even says there that when gold perishes, our faith will still remain. And Peter, uh, sorry, Paul is a great example of this when we look at Paul in the, book of, uh, the, the letter of Philippians and we see Paul who's, who's in prison, he's in chains for the gospel because of his faith and he there, you see him there rejoicing. He says, and I will continue to rejoice. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Suffering is always something to endure, isn't it? It may be difficult, but it may be that God is strengthening your faith so that when Jesus is revealed, it may result in praise and glory and honour. And of course we see... Um, Suffering have, has a great purpose in when we look at Jesus, doesn't it? Jesus was that, that the ultimate suffering servant. A suffering servant who brought us new life. And then Peter goes on to talk about our faith. And he says, verse 8, that though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible, glorious joy. Or maybe you've heard this, people say that um, you can't reason with someone uh, who has faith. And to an extent it's true, isn't it? Because what God does in us by his spirit, in many ways, is hard for us to explain. Our faith as Christians come when we confess 
uh, sorry, it comes when we confront the risen Lord Jesus. But unlike Peter, uh, we haven't had the privilege of seeing Jesus in the flesh, have we? We believe in Jesus because we see him in the pages of Scripture. We see him when the gospel is preached and proclaimed to us and we hear it. So how can you believe and love someone that you can't see? Why would we give up our weekend to go to church to worship a God who we cannot see? Because as good theological Christians, we like to be able to explain away everything, every detail of our faith. I don't know if you remember when God's Spirit rests upon you and he works in your life and he sets that fire in your heart so that you love him. You love a God who you do not see. Do you know what it's like to have this in your life, this inexpressible, glorious joy that Peter says there? I think what Peter is trying to do is rekindle that joy in our life. Yes, you may be suffering as exiles, yet remember what you do have. You have an inheritance that can't be taken, that is kept for you. You may have to suffer all kinds of grief and trials, but look how strong your faith is. Well, out the back door where we live, um, for those who've been there, you'll, you might have noticed that we can, we've got a landscape of mountains towards the southwest and uh, westish way. Um, and it's, for us, uh, it's a marvellous thing, and it's easy for us to, to forget that they're there. Uh, we see the list of jobs that need doing, or the places we need to be, um, or the dishes that are piling up. Uh, but at the end of the day, the sun sets over them. And Seely, without a doubt, will remind me that it's a beautiful sunset and there are, there are the mountains. Uh, the mountains are always there. See, amidst our suffering and trials, we have that living hope that is always there. I think Peter is trying to remind us as fellow Christians of the mountain that is always there, the living hope, that glorious inheritance, the salvation of our souls. Well, our last point, um, here Peter is also reminding us that we are in a, a privileged position. And we see that in verses 10 through to 12. You see, the, the prophets told some remarkable prophecies, didn't they? We read one there in Isaiah 53, uh, one of the most famous. Um, and it speaks so clearly, doesn't it, of um, the nature of Christ's suffering. You know, he was pierced for our transgressions. We see that link straight away there to Christ. It's a marvellous thing to be out, for us to be able to look back at these words that look forward to Christ because we see this unfolding plan, God's unfolding plan through history. But the prophets, they didn't fully understand what was written. Peter is saying here that they didn't understand fully, but you do. We can look back and remarkably see how the covenant was fulfilled, can't we? We, we can see who Christ was, that he came to heal the sick, 
cast out demons and died on the cross and rose again because we have this wonderful account. It's like we've got these new sunglasses where we can look back at the Old Testament, the prophets, and with the Holy Spirit we can see the fulfilment of Christ. Peter says remarkably that the prophets were not serving themselves but you. That these words written by the Old Testament prophets are written for you. Whilst these prophecies did have their own ministry, of course, in their time, they still couldn't fully understand how they would be fulfilled. Yet we can. And what else does he say? Verse 12 there, that even the angels long to look into these things. Even that in itself is remarkable. These majestic messengers that we see in the gospel where they come and they comfort the people. They bring good news um, concerning Jesus. That even these angels, they long to look into these things. But we can read them. And with the Holy Spirit's um, working within us as it, the, the good news is preached, um, by God's grace, we can understand them. Look how privileged you are, Peter is saying. So I wonder, do you treasure these scriptures that you have and enjoy their rich meaning? And I get that it's hard for us to understand what it's like to live under oppression and persecution as Christians. Um, like we, we read here, in, in they were in Rome. And we have to notice that our suffering is by nature different. It may feel like we're worlds apart from the people that we read of in history there. Yet we share the same truths as they do, as they speak of here. That in God's mercy we have this glorious inheritance that is kept for you, that can't be taken away. That God strengthens us through uh, strengthens our faith through our sufferings and grief and that we are really in a privileged position uh, to live this side of the cross where we can look back at the Old Testament and point forward to Christ. Yes, this passage, I think, really comforts us as Christians. It encourages us. It causes us to praise God for his mercy and not forget his benefits. And maybe this is something that each of us need to hear a bit more often. That our hope is not dead, but it is living. We experience a living hope. Now you might have seen a video a few weeks ago, um, and it was of Ukrainian Christians. Um, and it was a video, there was, they were just in a lounge room or a dining room. Christians had gathered and they were singing a song together um, that we often sing here at Grace, um, called He Will Hold Me Fast. So they're singing this song, um, He will hold me fast for my Saviour loves me so. He will hold me fast. And here they were singing in Ukraine this song, knowing that Russia was about to invade their country, their home. Yet they're able to sing knowing Christ would hold them fast. And I think if ever we want an example of what it is like to hold on to a living hope, uh, I think this is a great picture. 
because uh, they know, they knew that the victory is already won, that Christ um, has won the victory, that nothing is able to take that away from them. The Saviour does love them so and has a, a wonderful inheritance that is kept in heaven for them. Um, let me pray as we finish. Uh, God, we thank you so much for the wonderful good news of the gospel, that living hope that you have brought to us through the resurrection of Jesus. Um, please uh, encourage us and remind us, remind us of these words particularly in our grief and suffering, that we would always look to you and remember uh, that uh, we have this glorious hope through Jesus. Thank you for that. We thank you for the privileged position that we are in um, as Christians to look at your scriptures and by the Spirit understand them. We thank you for how they point us to Christ and bring us this living hope. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.